Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Ray Fonio, who is Ray from Philly, and he's got an outstanding project uh, that he's launched and is well on its way to this Baseball Card Hall of Fame. I'm excited to hear about that, but first of all, I want to hear his uh, origin story, how how he uh, had the idea, how he got into it, how he got started collecting, just like me. I got started as a kid, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from Ray from Philly. But first, thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, as well as ComC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So all those sponsors, Ray, seem to touch with your Hall of Fame idea for baseball cards. But first of all, just how did you get started being a collector and having the idea? You had to be pretty into it, as I am. So yeah. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and hearing your story. Thanks okay, for well. I appreciate you having me on. I got started collecting a long time ago in 1979. My grandfather was a huge Philadelphia athletics fan. And I would hear many stories of Connie Mack and Jimmy Fox and Lefty Grove and the golden years of when Philadelphia had the athletics here. So, so you're, you're through and through Philly. You're generally oh yeah. Philly Philly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and always a Phillies fan? Or, or some of those guys you mentioned were were, were the A's. Or the American- Both. Yeah, both. I've become an A's fan, even uh, as there have been in Oakland. Okay. Since I started collecting just because basically of my grandfather was a huge A's fan and a Phillies fan as well. But for him, it was the A's first. And then when the A's moved out, we had no other choice but to be just a Phillies fan. So the A's, uh, be- the A's were better back in the, the day. The A's were better. I always say maybe the wrong team might have left. <laughs> back <then. laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but um no, he uh, introduced me to baseball cards that same year in 1979 and just buying packs. And uh, a year or two later, I came across a, a baseball card magazine in the store uh, near where he lived. And when you see cards on a front cover of a magazine, it just, in my opinion, just glorified the hobby and glorified the cards and just made them look even better to me. And that's when it just went further and further. There was ads in there to buy binders and ads in there to get sheets for the binders. And then I just started putting the cards in the sheets and binders and just kept going on and on from there. It just became an addictive hobby and something that I enjoy very much. I need to give credit where credit is due. The the magazine you're talking about was not a Beckett publication. I believe it was a Krause publication. It was the brainchild of Bob Lemke, who mm-hmm. is going to get a tribute pretty soon here from me. But mm-hmm. uh, a job well done. That was a yeah. breakthrough through for our industry because right. uh, our magazines didn't exist at that point. I had right. annual price guides. You know, we didn't start the magazines till 84, but that really right. helped put baseball cards and sports cards in the public consciousness. So Absolutely. Well done, Bob Lemke, rest in peace. But yeah. r- we have a uh, Ray coming through. <laughs> so Ray, okay. So in 81, you got real serious about it. Yes. Got real serious about it then because I started looking at the care of the cards and keep them in, not in shoe boxes and putting them in binders and sheets. And a couple of years later, I'm starting to discover in Philadelphia, we have the oldest card show in the country, the Philly show, which started in 1975. So started going to that. My grandfather took me there, I think in 83. Then you start seeing other things besides binders, such as screw downs and top loaders and just seeing and not only cars, but then memorabilia as well and autograph baseballs and, and lithographs. And then there would be players there showing up and it was just expanding and expanding from there on out. It, it's something that I hold dear to my heart. It's something that it, it connects me with the history of the game, which I love the game of baseball. And 
when you feel like you're collecting a card from say 1920, 1930, uh, pre-war so forth and so on, it makes you feel like you have a part of history and you're connecting with that history and with that player. So it's something that I, I thoroughly enjoy collecting cards, especially of Jimmy Fox cards or Joe DiMaggio, things like that. It just really connects you with the past so much more than the current day. So Ray, you've always been a vintage collector, basically. Yeah. I mean, Philly is just a hotbed. Philly has some amazing fans. They get yeah. they're misunderstood, I think, but they're very avid. <laughs> I actually was at that first Spring Garden show in '75 uh, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. because Philadelphia was just a great place for the mm-hmm. hobby. Ted Taylor, I think Bob Schmier was, if not immediately pretty quickly in there but ted was at the college and it was very informal but there was mm-hmm. always this big emphasis on vintage and that's mm-hmm. the willow grove shows the fort yes Washington shows exactly all those have had it so you're right in the thick of it for right. vintage because i was just wondering i do you also collect modern cards or you I, I do dabble a bit with modern i have a son that's uh, just turned 14 years old and i got him into the hobby when he was about seven years old so to keep him interested in in baseball and the hobby, he'll collect hobby, but I also have him very much into the history of baseball. There's not too many kids at 14 years old that if I showed a picture of uh, Jimmy Fox or Lou Gehrig, he knows it right away because around me is just vintage all the time. So he's very familiar with vintage. But as I was as a kid to collect the current players, of course, he's going to want to collect the current players as well. So that keeps me in tune because of him to look at current players and keep him still involved with the game. And still involved with the current hobby. So, yeah, I dabble a little bit in the modern, but mainly I would say 80% of my collection is vintage. How do you feel about the condition of the cards you collect or that you acquire, that you have? Basically, for your 14 year old son, if he did have an interest in vintage, mm-hmm. aren't most kids priced out of it if you're going for higher grade, especially the stuff you have in your Hall of Fame? They can get very expensive. So, what's mm-hmm. your position on that? And how are you? In- encouraging your son to think about that. My position on that is basically collect what you love. Don't try and go for cards that are out of your price range. Enjoy the hobby now. He sees the cards that I have, so he's familiar with the players. And we watch tons of documentaries on our TV and Ken Burns Baseball and things like that and other YouTube channels. But I try to get him to just enjoy the cards and love the hobby for what it is and not so much on the value aspect of it. Enjoy your favorite players, enjoy the current cards. But when I look for condition on the vintage, I'm only concerned race basically with the centering of the card because that's what gives the eye appeal is the centering. I'm not concerned about soft corners or if it has a crease or anything like that because I don't look at a card under a loop. I'll look at a card like a normal person would in your hand at arm's length. And you can't really notice if it's got a dinged corner or a crease in there. You, you'll notice the centering on there for sure. That's to me what gives the card the majestic and the good visual aspect of it. So I try and just look for centering on the vintage cards if it's at least 60, 40, 55, 45, that kind of thing. But yeah. no, my son just will enjoy the hobby for what it is and not the value aspect of it. So, well, I mean, I, you shouldn't ignore the value aspect of it. No. <laughs> I, I did an episode a long time ago, maybe more than a year ago, that was entitled Front and Center Grading. Mm-hmm. And basically, you look at the front of the card, you hold it arm's length if it's centered. That's the eye appeal if there's some right. minor surface stuff. Now, if there's heavy scuffing or right. rounded corners, that might impact you. But okay, so tell me about your collection. Or is your collection Hall of Fame centric or is it Philly centric? Because the Hall of Fame cards that have been mm-hmm. voted on, those could get very pricey very fast. So are you more of a Phillies guy or more of an overall Hall of Fame guy? 
Both. I collect the Hall of Fame guy, lots of rookie Hall of Famers. Mainly, I'll do set registries for graded cards. And it's a pre-war, post-war rookie Hall of Fame. I'm in tons of set registries. So mainly my cards are nostalgic. They're rookie Hall of Famers. And I'll dabble a lot also with Philadelphia Phillies, Philadelphia Athletics players as well. But mainly, I would say rookie card Hall of Famers. Where do you buy and where do you sell? Are you mainly an eBay guy or other... They're eBay and auction houses. Mainly we'll go to, it could be Robert Edwards, it could be Heritage, Serious Sports Auctions, Clean Sweep, those type of things. Anywhere that I can do a search and find the cards that I'm looking for my set, for my registry, and just take it from there all over the place. And I don't really sell that much as more as I'm a buyer. And what about trading? If they're, 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 you ever get into trading? or uh, On occasion, I've gotten into a, a couple trading cards for if I had duplicates of something and, and I didn't mind getting rid of something that I already have two or three of, um, then I would get something, a trade in something that I'm in need for my set. So I've done it a few times, but I don't mind trading either. A collector, dealer, investor, do you consider yourself primarily? I would say collector slash investor because I really am focused on the value as well for myself because it's fun to see a card that you've had for many years go up in value. Tell me about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. So yeah, I would say definitely half and half collector and investor. I'm looking at prices a few times a week and seeing what they're going for, but Collector is where I started, and then I grew into becoming an investor as well. Most of what you talked about was the digital searching, online kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But the the physical aspect coming out of COVID, have you not been to a show for a while and this next show in the Philly area? What are you excited about? Is that going to be something you're going to attend? And and how's it going to be different in this post-COVID world? There's still been shows during that time, but it was only mall shows outside of Philadelphia called the Neshaminy Mall. They've been still having shows. On occasion, they'll even have an, an autograph guest, former Phillies like Lenny Dykstra or Ricky Patalico, that sort of thing. But And a show in Delaware that they have once a month at the end of the month. I'm there as well. So I started going back around the beginning of this year. And the Philly show is coming up this June. And it's announced its full capacity. I will be there. I'm going to go probably on Friday and Sunday. It's going to be interesting. I've been to a few of the Neshaminy Mall shows and the Delaware shows. And people have been pretty good wearing their mask and being vigilant. So I'm not too concerned about it right now. I'm looking forward to uh, every day. I'm looking to see what guest is being announced at the Philly show (laughs) and trying to get more autographs and buying more cards. So this is the first really big show that I'll be attending in over a year. When you go to that big show and and so much has happened in the last year and prices, are you, do you get to a point where you see a card that you want, but the price takes your breath away? Oh yeah. And, And what do you do? Do you negotiate or do you, Come back on Sunday afternoon, right before the show's over. What, <laughs> like what, a lot of people. <laughs> well, what, what, what is your strategy there? Because you're obviously a, a knowledgeable uh, collector slash investor. So what do you do in that situation? Because I think that's happening a lot. It is happening a lot, especially during this time when the hobby has boomed in the past year or so. This kind of reminds me of back in the late 80s, early 90s, when the hobby was really growing and popular. Dealers didn't really have that much wiggle room back then because they knew there's someone coming along next that's going to buy it if you don't want to. I'll try to negotiate if I see something and try and meet them in a respectable manner. If they're going way above what I see the average selling price of a card, I try and get them at least somewhat down. And sometimes they've been okay. It depends on if the card is really popular at the time. A lot of my cards are 
fillings for set registries that I'm pretty sure is not going to be hard to get at the price that I want it for. The cards that I want to get that are I know are going to be pretty popular right now, you know, I'll try and negotiate with them first. Sometimes it does work and sometimes it doesn't, but I can't be worried too much about it because I think that eventually I'll be able to find it some sort of way to get the card that I achieved. If that means I have to trade in a couple of my other cards that I have duplicates of, that's fine as well. Ray, you pointed out something that came up in a question just recently that the fear of missing out, mm -hmm. uh, you have enough knowledge that you realize you're not missing out permanently. Mm -hmm. You're going to miss out on this one card that you would like to have at a right, right. price, but you're having the self-control to say, I'll see this again, right. hopefully at a reasonable price. Right. Ray from Philly, thanks again. Delighted to hear your origin story and look forward to further conversations. So thank, thank you so much. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. Thank you. The man